0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into a Monday edition, a victory Monday edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris. Glad to be with you. Uh, my, I think my heart rate is back in line, finally. I think my breath is all caught up. And look, it was the altitude. I was dying Saturday night. We got an extra hour of sleep because of daylight savings time ending. And we were in mountain time. Had extra time to sleep, and I couldn't sleep. The altitude was a killer. Absolute killer. I like Denver a lot. I just can't sleep up there. But either way, it was a little weird going into Sunday. And then, as this game is unfolding on Sunday, my gosh, this thing is all over the place. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, oh my goodness, I don't know about you guys, but there was a part of me that, and I try to be as prepared as I possibly can for every situation that happens. So when Emmanuel Sanders catches that fourth down throw on fourth and eight, I just remember in my mind kind of preparing myself, okay, what if? What if a couple more plays, they get in a field goal range, knock a field goal home. Okay, what what do I need to prepare myself for? All right, going into the bye with the loss. Oh, man, you don't want that. Um, that's I, can, I was trying to remember when. I know in 15 they went in with a win. 16 they went in with a win. 17 they actually went in with a win. And 14 was the only year I can remember where they didn't go in the win. I think they lost to Philadelphia. So there there was a part of me going, man, they win going into buys, and then they play pretty well coming out of the bye. Oh, man. And so I'm kind of preparing myself for all this. And then, well, of course, Brandon McManus missed a 50-yarder that went wide right, which if you listen to the radio call, you know all about. So thankfully, with all of that going on, your Texans left Denver, a 19-17 victor. All right, we got Andre Warren the show. We got Spencer Tillman on the show. But let's get it started with our Hot Reads. And our Hot Reads today essentially are dudes talking about the game. And we're going to start with the head dude of this football team, and that is Bill O'Brien. And he had a lot to say about this one in large part because he was asked about it. So he spoke about it today. And the first thing he was asked today was, you were sitting at 0-3. What did you have to change to get yourself and this team
1: to six and three? there were things that we were doing earlier in the year that um, we either needed to change or we needed to stop doing and uh you know whether whether it was ball security on on offense or getting more takeaways on defense or you know maybe using a player in a different way or changing a scheme or really you know thinking about our formula you know for for how we want to try to win these games. So I think uh, give the coaching staff a lot of credit and then obviously give the players the most credit because they've really tried to do what we've asked them to do.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Both sides, coaches, players, man, staff, everybody. Speaking of coaching staff, got the bye coming up. The players are going to get a few days off. The coaching staff will get some time off. But they got some work to do. It just changes the work this week, not a traditional routine
1: like work week but a lot of work to do for the coaching staff this week we have to do a good job over the next few days here of uh you know looking at ourselves uh, our scheme um how we're using different players in relation to our opponents starting with washington we're not looking beyond washington but you know okay here comes the redskins what are they doing and okay yeah we may want to change some things or move some guys around but we better make sure it's uh you know, it coincides with who we're playing. And so I think that's going to be a big, uh, you know, a a big effort on our coaching staff's part to to make sure we make some good decisions over the next couple days.
0: Yeah, one of the guys that has his hands full and had his hands full on Sunday was John Perry, wide receivers coach. Getting Demarius up to speed, no Will Fuller, no Kiki QT, two guys that know the offense pretty well, just trying to get everybody up to speed, keep Demarius on task. Demarius played almost, I think, 50 plays, almost 80% of the game, so... Pretty pretty amazing to see Demarius out there, and Coach O'Brien said, "Yeah, the buy is really coming at a good time, so Demarius
1: can spend some more time in the playbook." Now we can kind of take a step back and really go back into what we call the basic information. You know, teach him the formations, teach him the routes, the protections. You know how the protections fit with the with the routes that he's running and things like that, and the technique of the route. So, he, he's a really good pro, as I said after the game yesterday, and he's he's going to do a great job of learning. Well,
0: I tell you, the scene after the game was pretty amazing I gotta admit just seeing Demarius after the game and seeing the people that were waiting by our bus to see him his entire family is down on the sidelines uh, I think it was the first time they'd ever seen him I saw Peyton Manning's son Marshall wearing a Demarius Thomas jersey there was a moment where Demarius outside the bus Demarius was meeting with I think it was Peyton at that point and there was a throng of cameras and people taking pictures. It was unbelievable. It was a- it was absolutely amazing. And I can't imagine what was going through his head. I can't imagine what's going through him today. Uh, the come down after that victory. I mean, when it was over, he just took off for the locker room. He was like, I-, I don't know that I can handle it. Um, he But he, he handled it pretty well during the game. And one of the coolest moments of any game that I have ever seen, and I have never to my to, – I don't know that, man. In today's professional world, I don't know if you'll ever go somewhere and see something like yesterday. Demarius Thomas—they gave a video tribute to him on at the stadium, and he's playing for the rival or the the opponent. So you've got everybody in the building cheering when they showed Demarius Thomas highlights on the board. It was just, it was, it was sort of surreal, but it was unbelievably cool everybody was standing up and giving him an ovation I mean the entire place and there were a lot of Texans fans there yesterday a lot of Texans fans cheering for him all the Broncos fans cheering for him it was a pretty wild and sort of surreal but yet a really cool scene to say you know what you're now quote-unquote the enemy but what you did for us man we love you and, I, and I'll give all you give Broncos fans credit for as as long as they're in the NFL, I will give them credit for how they treated one of their former players in the way they did. Von Miller was in a locker room, our locker room after the game. It was just an incredible, incredible scene yesterday. There's no doubt about that. Now, one of the guys that was instrumental in helping to marriage yesterday was Deshaun Watson. And he finished yesterday with two touchdowns and zero interceptions for the third Straight week, 13 quarters without an interception, 13 quarters for the Texans without a turnover. That's the longest stretch in Texans' history. And Coach O'Brien said that Sean Watson's not played 16 games. He's shown a ton of
1: improvement and growth. He's just an awesome guy to work with. You know, he, he really uh, he cares about studying. He cares about putting time in to prepare for each game. I think he's learned a lot about NFL defenses. He's had a lot thrown at him defensively this year. Um, whether it's third down defenses, red area defenses. He's improved every week. I thought – I was just telling somebody outside. I, thought, I think that yesterday's game is a really good game to point to for an NFL quarterback, meaning, like, you know, he didn't turn it over. He got us into the right play. He 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 was able to lead us on some multiple play drives. Uh, and, and he came out of the game with a high rating, a 125 rating, which I think is really good, and, and we won the game. I think that was – He's grown a lot in, in, in understanding you know, the type of game that we're in and how we want to play that game. No
0: question. He lost Will Fuller. He's teaching Demarius Thomas the offense. As they're leaving the huddle, it's just been, it's been unbelievable. One guy that we're going to hear from actually next is a guy that I have undying respect for because I saw him work as an undrafted rookie in 2015, become the sixth lineman, become the, basically the, the, the tackle tight end. And at 17, he got an opportunity to play, and it didn't go well against Jacksonville. And people wrote him off. And you know who you are. A lot of people wrote him off. And he just kept working. He kept trying. He kept trying to figure it out. And he finally got an opportunity to get on the field this year at right tackle, and that's Kendall Lamb. And I'm telling you right now, this guy has played his guts out. And Coach was asked
1: about what he sees from Kendall Lamb. He's one of the most improved guys that we've had since we've been here. You know, he made the team as an undrafted free agent out of Appalachian state. Uh, You know, I'll just tell you, he's one of our favorite guys. You know, he, he really works hard. Uh, He's had some ups and downs. He's, he's dealt with, you know, being on the practice squad, being on the 53. He's, he's fought hard to be where he's at. Uh, He's earned the right to play a lot of football. He's tough. He he understands how we want to play. He works his butt off and, uh, You know, we we really like having him on the
0: team. Yeah, no question. Watching him yesterday, and I went back and watched the game again today, boy, there were some times where he was just shadow dancing with Von Miller, and that's incredible. I mean, to do that, it's unbelievable. So, you know what? With our next Todd Reed, let's hear from the man himself, Kendall Lamb. And he said, as I just talked about, he had some rough moments, especially last year, but he never stopped believing in himself.
2: Believing in myself. And I say that being really and truly, and I mean it, because, you know, there were times – where it was so up and down and it's like I'm going to be honest with you you know you get down on yourself here and there cuz I mean we all want to play good we all want to play perfect but I had to understand you know it's a process and I had to understand that you know the people across from the line from me are very very good as well so I told so many people last year when all this happened you know it really made me reflect and look in the mirror and it took me to a place of you know that I've never been before and I'm thankful to, you know, be a part and be helping the team win now.
0: He is playing some really, really good football, and he had a very poignant moment in the locker room today talking about where his strength comes from and somebody that's really inspirational to him right now.
2: It's a credit to the way I was raised, and I can just be quite frank, you know, it's just what it is. Um, Of course, I've got a grandma battling cancer at home, breast cancer, so it's like... I can't really complain and be like I don't worry about anything else I mean look where I'm at what I'm doing and and for you know my grandmother to be doing what she's doing I mean this part's easy so I just take that with a grain of salt every day and just do what I can if anybody knows me that that's the person that's the reason I stand before you so I mean I just try to pull strength from her it's always good after the game to talk to her to hear her smile to hear her laugh, and you know that that's that's what I I look forward to and it's always nice to see you guys, but it'll be nice to get on the plane and go see my grandmother hopefully tomorrow.
0: That's going to be awesome. That is going to be awesome. He's going back to North Carolina, and I think that's just, man, that's fantastic. And Kendall, obviously, you know how, you know how I feel about you. I hope your grandmother uh, keeps battling, keeps fighting, man. She's a great role model for you. Speaking of role models, I got two of them right here, two defensive backs. Let's start with Tyron Matthew. He is, he is a guy that in the locker room you want to hear from. There's no doubt about it. 0 and 3, there, you know, guys were quiet. Guys weren't saying a whole lot, but there was always a guy that had to step up and say, "We can get this done. We can turn this around." And Tyron Matthew was certainly that guy.
3: No, we had a good group. No, we have a good team. Um, I think anytime you can look in your locker room and know you have quality players, you know, guys that are really good at their position. Um, I think it always, you know, gives you, um, you know, that sense of, you know, we could turn things around.
0: Absolutely, no doubt about that. He plays next to Justin Reed, a rookie. And, y- you know, you never know with a rookie, like, is a guy going to get it? Like, is he going to get it right off the bat? And Tyrant said, man, Justin Reed has been tremendous to play next to.
3: He's been playing really well for us. Um, coming up big, obviously turnovers, um, you know, making big open field tackles, you know, getting his hands on some balls. Um, so, uh, you know, I think we're really happy to have him. Uh, it's, you know, I think he's making our defense, you know, better. There's
0: no doubt he is absolutely Doing that, Tyron getting the week off. Obviously, he's got kids, so he's going to spend some time with his kiddos. And he said, "Man, it is really, really important for all of us to get some rest during this bye week."
3: Obviously, winning six games in a row is, is hard in the NFL. Not many teams do it. Um, I think it's important for us to, uh, to kind of, you know, look back at the first half of the season, uh, get a grasp on the things that we need to improve on, and and then just relax. Uh, like I said, uh, I think six games in a row. You know, uh, I think we deserve a couple couple days off.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You deserve a couple days off. Now, let's get to another role model in the locker room, if you will, and that is Kareem Jackson. Now, Kareem went to Alabama. Alpha Blue went to LSU. Sounds like they had a little friendly wager from a game this past weekend.
4: I had a, you know, a little, little friendly wager with Blue, and the loser had to wash the winner's car, but instead of getting my car washed. Just get him to watch my daughter's power wheel. So, <laughs> I had to schedule an appointment with him so we can get that done. Cause she... He's going to watch
0: the power wheel. This is um unbelievable. Kareem does such a good job in run defense. I saw a couple people tweeting about this. I've said this for a long time. Kareem is just an unbelievable tackler. It's one of the things that you don't see DBs do a lot. Go watch Marcus Peters play. Pfft you're not going to see him tackle anybody. Cream State takes a lot of pride in that tackling.
4: Honestly, it kind of gets me going early in the game, you know. I uh, to get a chance to kind of, you know, get in there early and kind of get dirty and, you know, it's kind of it just kind of get me going, you know. and It's kind of opened up everything else for me, kind of catch a rhythm. So, you know, um, I definitely take pride in that. You know, that's one of my uh, strengths in my game, you know, to come down and to be able to, to, to help in the run and, you know, make some tackles and stuff. So I, I definitely take pride in that.
0: Now, one thing that he definitely takes pride in, and I'm going to end with this, is KJAC TV. Now, you guys know all about it because you've been listening to Player Reporter, a.k.a. KJAC TV. And he was asked about it because today there were some T-shirts unveiled in the locker room
4: of KJAC TV, and it is awesome. To me, it's just all about having fun and doing that, you know, um, and getting a chance to kind of show the other guys in the locker room, there the another side of them. You know, people always see you know just us out there running around playing football, but you know we we all have different personalities. You know, a, a ton of other things to offer. So you know, to to be able to do KJAC TV and to show some show different sides of guys that you know fans may not see. You know, so that's 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 definitely you know cool the cool thing about it. So you know, if I can do that and you know. Get some laughs and some smiles out of it, man. I um, definitely enjoy doing that. So
0: I play KJAC TV audio form every Friday night. I do not miss it. Every Friday, all access. The last segment of the show is my player segment. We get to know a player with Drew Doherty, and then Drew's always got the final word with the player, kind of our pregame interview. And then I always play player, reporter, a.k.a. KJAC TV, and it is hit like wildfire. And obviously it helps that Kareem is playing as well as he has, but it's, it's great stuff right there. So, appreciate Kendall, Tyron, Kareem, and Coach Bill O'Brien. All right, those are your hot reads brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Joining us next, our good friend Andre Ware, right here on Texans All Access. Boy, there are plenty of options to pick for our Choose Fun moment of the week brought to you by Carnival, but I went with this
5: one. It's a 51-yard kick from the right hash mark the win for McManus. Three seconds to go in the game. McManus sets up from near the right hash mark. 51-yard attempt for the win. The snap is down. The kick is up. It's no good. It's wide right. And the Texans win it. 19-17. Houston prevails. The Texans have won their sixth straight game. The missed field goal by McManus. (laughs) Same end zone where he missed a 62-yarder. And the Texans hang on for the victory to go to 6-3 heading into the bye. And they become the first team since 1970 to go 0-3 and and then win six in a row.
0: That's three of them this year. One against Indianapolis that went through for Kymie Fairbairn win. One against Dallas at home. Miami Fairbairn win. One on the road against Denver. A miss and a win. Man, you can say we're lucky if you want, but 6-3 and three is 6-3, and three, man. That's, that's all I got to say, especially when you win one on the road like that. That was our Choose Fun Moment of the Week brought to you by Carnival. Don't forget to enter for your chance to win a cruise every week. If the Texans catch a touchdown, and they are nine for nine in that area. Carnival, the official cruise line of the Houston Texans, choose fun. All right, welcome back to the show. It's time to dive in with our good
5: friend, Andre Ware. What about let's start here, Jordan Thomas with that yeah. catch with some of the plays he's been making. <laughs> Impressive start for the rookie. Yeah,
6: it really has been, Mark. You know, when I I got a chance to see him. Multiple times when he was at uh, Mississippi State, and they you know moved him around from tight end and then they had him drop some weight to move kind of like a hybrid between wide receiver and tight end and so the guy can move uh, even at his size now he uh, he doesn't surprise me with the hands and, and because I've seen it before, he's just all, all of a sudden the last few weeks is starting to play with a tremendous amount of confidence and you can see. When a rookie has kind of turned the corner and he goes from thinking as to just playing. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do, where he's supposed to be on the field. And now you're starting to see some of his athletic traits.
0: Dre, you have called every single game of Kareem Jackson's career. Is yeah. he playing now better than he ever has before?
6: There's no doubt about it, Johnny. He uh he surprises me every week that, you know, you think you've seen the best. Of Kareem, and then he just comes out and he has another game like he did yesterday, and and even raises his level of play even more. So I said on the broadcast yesterday, there's some good football being played. You know, Zach Cunningham, hoping to get him back. He's he's having an outstanding year. The linebackers, Bernard, McKinney, Whitney, merciless, of course, JJ and and uh, and Jadeveon Clowney. But to me personally, in my opinion. Jackson Jackson's the MVP of this defense because of what he does and what he brings to so many different areas. He comes down, he plays down in the box in safety. He can play back at safety. And uh, Yesterday, he played a lot of corner. Uh, they bring him on blitzes from, from off the edge of over the slot. I mean, he does so much for this defense, and he's such a tremendous tackler. I can't tell you game after game just how many big play saves that kareem jackson is making from week
5: to week i think you said it well there big play saves it feels like this defense they're so focused on limiting yak yards yards after contact whether it's a catch or whatever the contact is that they get in a running stop situation they've been pretty good at holding it to whatever you get initially
6: yeah they have i mean uh, just across the board when you go in and you're Holding teams in the NFL under a hundred yards rushing. That's superb. I think it was seventh in the league going in and it may drop, uh, even more after yesterday's game. But, uh, you know, it, it, that's where it starts and stops. If you could stop a team from, from running the football on you and Denver could run it going into yesterday's game. Uh, Lindsay, I think led the, I led all NFL rookies in rushing, uh, until they played the Texans yesterday. But when you stop him from running the football, now you can pin your ears back. And Jadavion Clowney just, you know, he just set up a tent over Max Garcia yesterday, the second half of that game, especially in the fourth quarter, and just uh, just wreaked havoc all, you know, the, the, the entire second half of the game. And then J.J. White came to the party as well. So it was a lot of fun to watch.
0: I think it was interesting because we talked about that during the game, Dre. When Paredes went down, they put in Wilkinson at the other guard, but yet it was Max Garcia, the starter, that Clowney was whipping time after yeah. time after time. And then of course Watt got his sack when he looped inside and got matched up on Wilkinson. But I thought it was interesting when Clowney was going against Garcia, and he's playing. And I know he showed up an in injury report with with a groin injury. Andre, that brings me this question about what that win meant yesterday with the guys that are banged up and the guys that are pay, playing through things. Mark and I talked about this. When you get a win, when you sort of just you tough it out or you show the grit and you get a win, especially on the road in that place in particular, does it mean that much more to the players? Is that one of the reasons why there was probably a little bit more joy after yesterday's win than maybe normal?
6: Well, no doubt about it. Because if you look at it from a record standpoint, Johnny, 6-3 and three looks a whole lot better and sounds a whole lot better than 5-4. and 5-4, and four, you're one loss from being 500 again. And then 6-3 and three gives you – uh, a little bit of room to breathe uh, as well. I think some of that uh, jubilation was due to the fact that they're going to get a couple of extra days off after a win <laughs> like that on the road. So you know that that's always an added incentive, and and uh, and so I think all that uh, wrapped into one was what what you saw yesterday after a game. It's kind of a big sigh of relief because they knew they were in a fight in a tough, tough place to go play and win.
5: Dre, the way they're using Deshaun Watson, when you look at the passing attempt totals the last three games, I think it's highly notable. You have two games with 24 attempts and one game with 20, and that was the one where he threw five touchdown passes. They have not turned it over in three games. So it's three straight games, no turnovers, and 24 passing attempts or less. I think we're seeing the formula here with Bill O'Brien trying to run the football and maximize what Watson can do efficiency-wise.
6: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think Deshaun's learning or has learned from – Previous games because the three games, uh, the games prior to the three game stretch with no turnovers, he was turning it over and he was trying to do too much. And what it tells you is he can he can go back digest what the mistakes were and eliminate them. And he doesn't make the same mistake twice. I think Coach O'Brien will tell you that as well. And I think he has said it that you know he's such a student of the game that he learns from his mistakes. He doesn't make them, doesn't make the same mistake twice. And when you have a, ta- a talent like that, uh, he's only going to excel, and it's going to go up on an upward swing, and that's exactly what he's doing. The play yesterday in the end zone—that uh, may be a situation where he's trying to do too much, hold on it too lo- to, to it too long. He dumps it down to Lamar Miller. It's a huge gain, you know. Now they have breathing room in which to to start a drive. So you can see the maturity of Deshaun Watson taking place right before your eyes.
0: And he's now got a little bit of help. But, Jay, it was a little dicey yesterday with Demarius and how much he knew about the offense and what he knew. But they got him involved early with three catches for 61 yards, and you made the salient point about how DeAndre was going to need to get his because, you know, shooters got to get their shots and all. But, (laughs) But getting Demarius those looks early on, I thought that was big not only for him but also for this offense to show they had another layer with him now in it.
6: Yeah, it was kind of one of those situations where it's hey, welcome to the team and we know how much this game means to you going back to a team you played so long for and and recently traded and now you're back in that stadium. So they wanted to get him settled in as quickly as possible. During the week, I'm sure there was a package, uh, you know, to start the game as you lay out the first 15 plays of a game. We're going to these are the first 3 or 4 that you learn. And, and embed these in your memory so that you can go out not have to think and then let's execute these but then you could see as well after uh that initial drive there was a little bit of thinking going on for Demarius Thomas but that's understandable but now he's got 2 weeks to uh to really digest the playbook where once they get back into uh the swing of things he'll be up to speed with the rest of the guys that's still a short period of time in terms of of, uh, of absorbing an offense but he'll be he will be in a much better place than he was yesterday and i thought he played uh outstanding for having been you know gone through two or three pra- two practices and maybe a walkthrough uh before yesterday's game
5: andre i know that sometimes when a team is on a roll win-wise you don't want to see a break in the momentum with the week off but i think for this team do you agree or disagree that this team kind of needs to press pause right now with the health situation and everything that it's taken to get back from 0 and 3 to this position your thoughts on that
6: yeah you know i'll agree with you in that sense because there are so many injuries and so many players banged up and but you know you also know how i feel about uh you know capturing magic uh and then and and being able to ride it for a while uh, i don't like bye weeks i never have i don't like uh first round buys in a playoff so many teams get popped uh, when they come back because it just takes you out of your rhythm. You, you come back, you have to kind of try to go recapture that again after being off. You're going to have a few off days where you don't even go into the building, maybe just for a workout and then you're gone. So you're not doing football stuff during this entire period that you're off. So that, that to me, um, kind of takes away a little bit of the magic that they've, uh, they've been able to capture.
0: Dre, I I looked over there and Mark was watching some movie and I did see on your TV screen Patriots v Packers. What do you think of the I matchup? I had the game on the middle TV. No, CTV. don't give me that. You're watching like Martha Stewart or some movie or no, something. No, romantic comedies. Know. Yeah, yeah. 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 What do you think uh, of the, the matchup p- last night?
6: He may have been watching the piano or something. I'm not sure what. Uh, what was all <laughs> <laughs> when you when you have Patriots and and uh, and Packers going on, but. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's two of the best. <laughs> you know, you could arguably one two uh, either way in terms of the best that, from a pure talent standpoint, that's ever played the position. So I was focused and locked in from that standpoint. But it was uh, it, it was it was what I expected with the Patriots being at home. Uh, that's you're just not going to beat Brady there, which is why you you know you're you're better served forcing the Patriots to go on the road. And play them in the playoffs, and I think as long as you can hold on to the steering wheel of this thing and keep pace and stay within range, striking distance of, of them, because as you go through the schedule, you always have to keep them in the back of your mind. But that game was uh, was outstanding for a long time, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bill Belichick decided to pull his pencil out of his uh, from his ear and pull his, uh, you know, put his coaching hat on, and, and uh, did a heck of a job in the second half of that one as they pulled away.
5: Can I complain about two things regarding college football, by the way, while we have everybody gathered together? All right. Too many plays in a college football game. Too many snaps. The clock's got to run like an NFL game because we always talk about player safety and everything at all levels of football. Why are we doing these college games where you have a billion snaps and the games take four hours? To me, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it's crazy. And then you have like seven touchdown passes. And well, sorry, Dre, I know you like big numbers sometimes when you're when you're the one putting them up. But but what do you think of that? Like running the clock a no. little bit. Why does it have to stop on all the first downs? Do it inside the final two minutes of the game.
6: That is the. Uh, I, I don't even. I wouldn't even do it. The final two minutes of the game, I would just run it, and uh, and
5: like it like would the be NFL. exactly
6: exactly. And I made that statement on uh, on Saturday in the BYU Boise State game that I was calling because it does. It takes forever. Uh, I would also run replays like the NFL because every play is reviewable in college football, and mm-hmm. it just takes forever. It takes you out of a rhythm, even when you're on offense. It's almost like giving the defense a timeout when you go to review. So now they get the rest. The offense gets out of sync. It drives me absolutely nuts. And it's, it was not meant for that. You do not need to review every single play in a uh-huh. college football game. The humanistic part of it is gone. There yep. needs to be mistakes in a game. And so we can talk about it. And there's controversy. It adds to the, to the zest of the game, the overall game. But the, to stop at every play or be able to stop at every play is nuts, and then stopping it after a first down, that's nuts as well. We could get games down to about three hours and fifteen minutes like the NFL, and that's exactly how it should be. So, partner, we agree one hundred percent on that.
5: My next complaint we'll say for our next conversation, but it's it's all these different uniforms. Oh like Ohio State was playing in those ridiculous uniforms. That was so it, bad. I'm not yeah. an Ohio State fan, but if I'm so going to bad. Ohio State I want to wear that uniform. I want to wear that yeah, classic you know, it, uniform.
6: It's like you know. What are the cougars known for? Red, cougar red, yeah. right? Yeah. Why do you have, Why do you have black on some games? <laughs> what is that all about? You know, I, it's drive This crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> all
5: right, we are get off my lawn, guys. Officially now, Dre, Thanks I a lot. None, I have none. have none of that. I'm, I'm good with all of it. I'm, oh I'm yeah, trying, right.
0: I have my fest. <laughs> I have my festivus later.
5: Okay, we'll we'll air our grievances. <laughs> thanks a lot, Andre. All right. Enjoy it always, guys.
0: Oh, I got plenty of football grievances for our football festivus. We need to have that at some point. But, I, oh, yeah, yeah, I got a few. Oh, yeah, as Kramer would say. Oh, giddy up. Yes, absolutely. All right, we get back. Let's hear from our friend Spencer Tillman. He joined us as well to give us his thoughts on everything that he saw on Sunday. And he actually had a chance to be in Denver after a game that he called on the Pac Northwest. Spencer Tillman next on Texans All Access. One final segment of Texans All-Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and so glad to be with you. A little weary, a little tired, but heading into bye week, 6-3. and three, And this Texans team feeling pretty good about being 6-3. and three. Got a big Monday night football game coming up. You can hear it right here on our flagship Sports Radio 610. The Dallas Cowboys get a visit from the Tennessee Titans. Now, if the Titans win, Titans will be at 4-4. Four four, sole possession is second place in the AFC South. And they will be a game and a half behind the Texans because the Titans had their bye last week. But the Titans have the Cowboys tonight, where Dallas has played very, very well at home in Jerry World, and then the Patriots next week. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing the Titans be 3 and 6. Just saying. Hey, a couple of reminders Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of the Houston Texans. And when the Texans win, like they did yesterday, you win. And at Mattress Firm, that means 40% off. Your Texans mattress from the Texans mattress line for two days following a win. So you can't get in there today. You're hearing me going, I want, I gotta get in there. I gotta get in there. Hey, you're still good. Get in there tomorrow. Forty percent off the Texans mattress line. And want to remind all of our Houston area teachers, if they want to bring a little Texans football to their classroom, then sign up for Toros Math Drills presented by our friends at ConocoPhillips. Phillips. Toros Math Drills, the video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to t- HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more. You can learn about that 40% that they're giving you off of a Texans mattress line. And the 40% off you get off one item at Palais Royal. The 50% off that you get from Papa John's on online pizza orders. The fr- their free medium sub you get with purchase of a- chips to drink at Firehouse Subs. All the great things you get when the Texans win. So you can actually do Toro's Math Drills when the Texans win with all those percentages. I don't know, is that... I'm trying to remember third and fourth grade math. You do percentage? I think you do. I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think you do. So, here we go. Let's finish up with our friend Spencer Tillman. And one of the things I want to know from Spencer, having played for the Oilers, then being traded to San Francisco... What's that like? When you see the other team on the other sideline, like, what's that feeling? What was the Demaryius Thomas going through on Sunday? Spencer's about the only guy that could give us
5: that insight, and he did here. So what do you think? What was your reaction to the way it played out at the end?
7: Well, there's a lot to talk about there, but first I'm going to give my reaction to your ifs and buts conversation. It reminded me yep. of the late Milo Hamilton's commentary. He always used to say, Well, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. And, uh, exactly <laughs> That's what, you know, all of us can come up with a scenario where, you know, if Sharice Wright doesn't defend the pass against Cortland Sutton in the end zone, then the three-point difference or the missed extra point uh or the field goal attempt, whatever, you know, we can always come up with an if-or-but scenario, and, and there's about 12 of those scenarios that we can come up with, and that kind of makes the game fun in some ways, but... You know, sometimes you just want to reduce that all the way and say, hey, we just got the win. It was not the greatest of production offensively and, and even some shoddy tackling late down the stretch, but the bottom line is you won. So that was the cool part of it. It was, um, it was interesting. I was waking my, working my way back down from the Pacific Northwest and had some time in Denver. So, um, I got a chance to stay for a while and then, then head back to Houston, but, It was just fun, guys, to see them deal with this success in a positive way for me because it's very rare to do that. Not everybody runs well with a full cup of success. And for six straight games now, the Texans have. And it's just good to see folks stepping up, like Sharice Wright, for example, uh, when the number is called. So uh, it's it's been been fun.
0: Hey, Spencer, i ask you this because you played for the Niners. You played for the Oilers. Did you ever play – did you ever play your former team? And I ask you that because Demarius Thomas had to do that within five mm-hmm. days of being traded. And I can't even imagine what was going through his mind. And I, th- I just figured i ask you that. And, and you played with a lot of players that probably had to do that. What's that experience mm-hmm. like for a player to go play a team that he had an emotional connection with for so long like Demarius did with the Denver Broncos?
7: It, it was weird. You, you felt like it was betrayal. I, when I left Houston and went to San Francisco, I mean, I knew every single call we had. I was involved in all phases of our game planning, and so I, I knew what we were doing. I was calling out signals. I, You know, it was frustrating watching Frank Novak and some of the other coaches that were on the sidelines. Um, Jeff Fisher wasn't there yet, but um, Coach Party and others. It was just really – it's a conflicting situation, and, I, and when I <laughs> – when I saw Thomas run to the, the to the to the locker room the way that he did, people don't understand what that's about. They think that maybe you stay there and maybe share the experience, but you're in conflict. You don't know what the heck to do. You feel like, you know, you all of your emotion and your time and is vested in that place. Uh, you know, since it's just it's just a very odd position to be in. But yeah, I've been there before. A number of times, probably the one that I remember most is when I left here with the Houston Oilers and went to San Francisco with the 49ers. I knew every single play we had. I was in the wheelhouse on the sidelines. <laughs>
5: <laughs> with all that intel, Spencer Tillman joining us on Texans Monday. All right, so what about Deshaun Watson? I brought this up with Andre, and I think it's very notable that the passing attempts have gone down, 24, 24, and 20 in the last yep. three games and the sacks have gone down. I know they had four sacks yesterday, but no turnovers in the last three games. They're running the football. What do you make of the formula?
7: I think it works. I mean, I think it was, you have to ask the question, was it by design or was it, you know, an unintended consequence that was positive? In some ways, the injury, it's never good to get injured, but it forced the hand of Bill O'Brien and, of course, Deshaun Watson to start to heighten his awareness of the need to take care of himself. And so I think that is a good thing that comes out of all of this. And so the, the formula for what constitutes balance has changed, and and it should be able to change. And I think through game planning and understanding that the context of the situation, injury status, where you are in the season, where you, where you are relative to uh, what your offensive line is from a health standpoint, all of that stuff goes into a big pot, and you come out with a game plan or philosophy or approach. I see it happen all the time. And the teams that are able to adapt, are the ones that succeed. The ones that don't, they die. You either adapt or you die. That's the bottom line. A lot of coaches try to shoehorn athletes into a system or an approach, and the fact of the matter is their whole context or ability to execute what they have in their mind as their identity totally changes. I see it happen all the time at the college level. You know, Oregon thought that they were a power team, but if you look at them on tape, you say you're not power. You're pin and pull. You're doing some of these other things, and all of a sudden you look up, well, why you're not that is because you lost your starting left tackle, you lost your other right guard, now your center's playing tackle, and he's not athletic enough to play that. You're a mismatch. You're, you're totally something different than what you were, and you've got an identity crisis. And they found it a little bit, did Oregon this past weekend against a struggling UCLA team. But the same thing happens at the NFL level all the time, guys. But I think OB has found the balance now. They kind of understand who they are. And I think another positive that's come out of all of this is Lamar Miller is not taking the beating that he has you know. Alfred Blue is taking a a nice swap out of that workload that he's had that's going to spell him a lot, and and that's another valuable lesson that they've learned through the process as well.
0: Spencer, going into the bye week, getting that win in the bye week, we just talked to Andre a little while ago, he's not a big fan of the bye weeks, what do you think about having a a bye week, especially with a few guys banged up and you go in with a six-game winning streak, how do you feel about this bye week? I think both Mark and I are a little bit conflicted because we'd like to stay in this role, but yeah, we can use a week off. What do you think about it?
7: Well, that's always the conundrum. You know, when nobody likes to stop success, it can get addictive. You know, I don't know if you guys remember the old Robert Palmer, addicted to love. You know, it, it, this is winning is addictive, man. It, 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 really, it really is addictive. And so that part of it you don't want to stop. But the fact that you've got some guys that need to heal is a good thing. And I think the maturity balance of this ball club is such that guys are going to police themselves. They're going to do the right thing. Uh, the room is going to sustain them beyond the time. And if they get a couple of days off to kind of steal away a little bit, I think they'll do the right thing and be smart about that, eat properly and so forth and so on. So um, ultimately you'll know in about, you know, four or five days how guys are taking care of themselves. And you start to slip back into the routine. Uh, it'll be fun to, to, to see how they respond. And to me, that's when you learn the most about, someone it's after a prolonged period of either success more often you learn more after a period of failure what kind of character you actually have and so um, that part of it will be fun and revealing
5: all right this morning's sub debate are college football games too long i think they have too many snaps in them i think the clock needs to run more like an nfl clock maybe not exactly like an nfl clock i'm in favor of stopping it on first downs on the final two minutes of the game or the half or whatever what are your thoughts on that subject
7: yeah, that's an interesting deal. I would, I would probably reverse engineer it and say that the college game more so than the pro game is, is, has disparities in talent. You know, they try to project that it doesn't, but all conferences are not created equal. That's the reason why the, the wrestle and the debate every single week once the, the college football standings come out is so robust outside of the top three or four, you know, perennial powers that are up there. it it, it really is a slew of, of mismatch out there. So the disparity in talent is greater and teams can actually manufacture wins much greater at the college level because of the psychological place where the players are from week to week. You see it happen with an Arizona destroying an Oregon. You see it happen, historically speaking, big picture, an Appalachian state going to beat a Michigan. How does that happen? Well, the emotional state of players are totally different. So I think that the fact that there are more opportunities to win and with different tactics at the college level, the game is going to be longer as a result of that. So it's more of a strategy approach. So for me, I'm not bothered by the long games. I know that from a a monetary standpoint, it can be problematic for networks and colleges, and for fan viewing, I think it can be. But for an analyst, I love the matchups. I love to talk about why people are doing what they do. Spencer, what do you have this week? Well, I I, I lobbied for this one. we got Texas and Texas Tech, and I love it because it's a consequential game. It's a crucial game for both these head coaches. You know, Cliff Kingsbury and Coach Herman have come off some tough losses, guys. And we know how the Texas faithful are and Cliff's situation is always going to be tenuous. Both those guys are in a tough spot right now. So that game is going to be one that matters a bunch.
0: Oh, that's a big one. But both teams are dealing with a little bit of a quarterback situation with injuries. Alan Bowman on the Texas Tech side. Sam Ellinger on the Texas side. We'll see how it impacts that game that Spencer will be calling this weekend. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Coming off a heart-pounding, just nerve-wracking game like yesterday. But the Texans are 6-3. and three. Think about how you felt on this Monday six weeks ago and how you feel now. It's not done. There's seven games left. But a bye week is good for players to get some rest and relaxation, for the coaches to step back a little bit, do some self-scout, and for the rest of us to just take a breath and get ready for the final stretch. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much.
5: And as always, go Texans.